Good evening, fans of Friday Night Lights. This is Howard Finkel, and you're listening to the Cliff Notes Podcast Weekly Pregame Show with your host, Clifton Grooms. And welcome, everybody, to the Cliff Notes Podcast. I am your host, Clifton Grooms. This is our Class 4 District 8 preview. We're knocking down all these districts here. We got in-depth previews of all of them. So let's not go, let's not waste any time. Let's go ahead. Let's get started. We're going to run down the Class 4 rankings in the state of Missouri. At the number one spot in Class 4, we got Jeff City Helias with an undefeated 9-0 record. They've been undefeated pretty much the entire season there. So they have maintained that top spot for the whole season. At number two, it is Moberly with a 7-1 record. At 8-1 at number three is Festus. Bolivar's at the fourth spot. And then tied at fifth, it is Smithville and West Plains are tied at five. At number seven, it's Hannibal. Eight, number eight is Warrensburg. Number nine, Logan Rogersville. And then number 10, Lincoln Prep rounds out the poll. Number nine, Harrisonville dropped out last week. So they're also receiving a couple votes. Also receiving a vote is MICDS. Let's run down the seeds here in this bracket here. We got number one seed, the Smithfield Warriors are the number one seed in that bracket, followed by the two seed, Winnetonka. Cardi is the three seed, followed by Savannah at the four, Lafayette is at the five, and then Excelsior Springs rounds it out at the six. So, talking about these teams here, um, we're going to preview from one to six here, starting with the number one seed in the bracket, and that is the Smithville Warriors. They are seven to two on the season. They had a Couple, couple tough losses there. So they lost to Grain Valley in week one and then lost to Platte City or Platte County in week five. So they've actually lost to two really, really good football teams. Both are ranked in the Class 5 poll. So they got some good wins. They just beat Winnetonka last week. They blew them out last week. So that's actually a good win for them. That earned them the number one seed in this bracket. We had an opportunity to talk to Warrior head coach Jason Ambrosen. For the first time here on this podcast, we talk about his story, and uh, we talk about districts, and um, here's our interview with Coach Jason Ambrosen, and that is right now. And we're here on the Cliff Dust Podcast. We are previewing Class 4, District 8. We got Smithville Head Coach Jason Ambrosen with us. Coach, how are you doing? I'm doing outstanding. How are you this evening? I'm doing great. Um, Coach, um, one of the things that we like to do before we um, – before we start getting to talk about the team, obviously get to know the coach a little bit, who Coach Ambrosin is. I know that you've had some a lot of great success in the last couple of years at Smithville. Here, took your team to a Final Four a couple of years back. Um, just uh, talk about your story and um, your stops and how you got to Smithville. <laughs> well, that's kind of that's kind of a long story. I've been doing this for a long time. I think this is year twenty seven, twenty eight, somewhere around there. Uh, quite honestly, uh, played college football at Iowa State and um, really loved playing football, but I was a pre-med student. Ended up uh, leaving school uh, and going when I was done and wanted to uh, go to med school. Uh, really disliked that quite a bit, missed football a lot, and so started playing a little bit again with the Arena League and a little bit overseas in Europe got back into it and then got into the college game as a graduate assistant. That's kind of how I got down here in uh, a little bit further South uh, and um, was a graduate assistant at Kansas and then took a full-time job at central Missouri and spent uh, quite a bit of time in the uh, college game. And when I got married and decided to uh, start a family, my wife and I, I didn't want to be gone. I wanted to be a dad. And and so uh, we took a head high school job, kind of a rebuilder of sorts over in Moberly. And um, they hadn't, I think they were 8 and 92 before I got there. Um, and um, we're kind of on some hard times, and we took it as a challenge. And it was a, a great opportunity to go out and make a difference with a bunch of kids. And, and since then, uh, being a high school coach as a head coach the last 20 years, I've been blessed, um, whether I was at Moberly or now here at Smithville, to be surrounded by great people. Um, you know what? Uh, I've had great administrative support. Uh, great athletic directors, great coaches that I think are, are very like-minded but yet different, uh, coaches that uh, worry more about being great teachers in the classroom, which then makes them, in my opinion, great teachers on the field because uh, I think that's very important to be a teacher first. 
And uh, we've been very blessed to, to, as a staff and as a school and the districts that I've been a part of to have exceptional kids that have learned about um, being great at what they do and giving their best effort. And uh, I guess what you could say is in a nutshell is I've been blessed to have played for great coaches when I was younger. I've been blessed to work with great coaches. And then uh, as a head coach, I've been surrounded by amazing people that quite honestly have made me look good. So a uh, very fortunate person. And then you throw in the fact that I have just phenomenal kids, kids that are just awesome kids. I love them. I've loved every kid that we've, that we've, that we've had and the things that they've done. And, uh, just couldn't be more thankful about the opportunities I've had to do something that I love to do. Well, coach, let's talk about your uh, football team here real quick. And we're going to start with those kids. Um, if anybody really hasn't got a chance really to see you guys play or uh, watch you guys on a stream or anything like that to, um, play, um, if they were to watch a Smithville football game, who would be some of the kids that they would, um, see and hear about on Friday night? Well, I, I think the first thing, if they've never watched us play, I think they would enjoy watching our kids play as a team. That is the one thing that we really center ourselves on the most is, is that the only stat that matters is the W. And, and that is a, is a uh, collective effort by our guys. And so our kids are kids that play really hard. They play together. And I think they really enjoy playing the game. And I think it always stands out when, when you have, you know, the, the, the marquee players or the positions that people like to talk about. They like to talk about the quarterback, like to talk about the running back and the receivers. And a lot of times don't address what goes on up front, especially on offense. And obviously those of us that know the game know that none of those things are successful without the guys up front. And so our, our sophomore quarterback, Andrew Hedgecourt, has had a great season this year as a first-year starter. He spread the ball around between his receivers and, and Kelton Nitchie, Rhett Foster, and uh, Sam Calvert are the guys that usually uh, are catching those balls. Hayden Sig has been um, kind of a, the guy who's carried the mail most of the way for us, and, and Caleb Donnell and Preston Rash have, have jumped in there too. But the guys up front uh, are kind of anchored by uh, Micah Palmer, who's a senior and a three-year starter, and Cole Caston, uh, who's also a senior. And then um, we've got some, some other guys up front that are juniors, that have really uh, picked it, picked it up and, and really made a name for themselves and in Nick Vaccaro and um, uh, Tristan Wald and, and Jake Lackenberger. So we replaced a lot of guys up there and, and we've had a lot of success with that defensively. Obviously most people talk about the linebackers. Um, we're very blessed that again, it starts up front with us um, with Mason Krim anchoring the front uh, for us as, as a football team and as, as a tremendous interior defensive player. Uh, newcomer and, and, and young man, uh, Eli Knorr, helps him as kind of his partner. And then we're blessed to have two ends that do a great job of doing what we ask them to do in Zeke Wazner and, and Dawson Strickland. And then the linebacking core, um, uh, you know, we've got Derek Boyd back from injury, which has helped us, but that thing's been led so far this season by Cody Simoncic and uh, Gabe Talley. And in the secondary, we've, we've, got, we've moved a lot of young guys around between Noah Ricker and Nate Head and and uh, Caleb Donnell and, and Cooper Zell, and those guys have done a really good job. And, and the reason I'm mentioning everybody is because we collectively, that's what makes us successful. That's what makes us good. That's what makes those guys so special is that everybody that I mentioned, and that's our starters on both sides of the ball, make everybody else better because they do things, they do things together, and um, they are, are, you know, in essence, one unit, and I'm very proud to say that about them. Well, absolutely, Coach. I'm very happy that you mentioned everybody there. And um, obviously, you know, I think it's a big part of your guys' success. I talked about it over the past couple of years. You've had a really nice couple of years. And um, and let's go through the 2020 schedule real quick. And um, it, it, there, some, there were some tough opponents on the schedule with Grain Valley and Platte County. Obviously, you know, you guys fell short in those games. But you guys have a four-game winning streak. You guys have been really – well, it seems like you guys have been firing on all cylinders here the past several weeks, um, including last week's win against Winnetonka, which clinched you guys the number one seed in the district. Talk about um, just a little bit about your regular season as a whole. Well, I think this season has been about – it's been a maturation process. You know, when we started this season off, we, we started four seniors. We have eight total seniors on our team. We started four, um, and there's been a couple in and out at different times. and. Uh, we did lose one to an injury, which which is awful. Who could really have contributed for us? Jacob Easley yeah, would, would have been a returning starter. 
and we lost Michael Kenny, who's a senior at part of the year for the uh, for part of the year, five weeks with a broken foot. And so we really had to, to call upon some young guys. At one at at the beginning of the season, we were starting eight sophomores. So when we were playing very good teams like Grain Valley, that are very good teams, very tradition rich programs, early in the year, uh, we, we were we were tested, and we were tested in in a lot of different dimensions. Uh, I think Grain Valley at that time, between offense and defense, were playing 17 starters, and we were starting eight sophomores. And so we we were we were our medal was tested, and um, we we fell short. Uh, we didn't play as well as we needed to to win the ball game, and you got to give them credit. I would say the same thing as we went along. We got better and better, but at the same time, uh, playing the, the quality of the opponents that we play, um, and at the same time playing you know a Platte County and a Grain Valley, which are the two losses on our schedule. You know what? We didn't play well enough to win those football games, and so our kids understood that. They know what the expectation is. They know what they need to do, and they also understand that that age is merely a number, and um, they embrace that thought. And as much as we know as coaches that you know we have a lot of young kids playing, we have kids that are playing against older players. We know that we didn't get a lot of time in the weight room from March to, to July. We know the things that we are, but that doesn't those those are ex- people look at those as excuses. I think it's a reality, but those things don't help you. What you have to do is worry about what you're doing right now. And our kids did that. They didn't say, hey, I'm a sophomore, or, hey, I'm this, or hey, I'm that, or we didn't do this. They said, we got to get better. And um, what we what we learned how to do during that process, in my opinion, um, was we learned how to, one, play together because we had a lot of new faces and we had a lot of new ages. And number two, we learned how to practice well. We learned how to practice with a purpose. We learned how to communicate better. We learned how to have um, expectations from week to week that one can be uh, considered a plus, but at the same time be looked at in an evaluatory process to where we can work on getting better. And I think that um, the kids embrace that thought of, hey, if we want to go where we want to go and take the next step, it comes down to us um, growing and learning and maturing and learning how to handle this and, and have a purpose for what we're doing every, every, every play and every week. And to their credit, our kids have done that. We've asked things of them. They've done it. We've asked preparatory things of them. They've done it. We've asked things about practice and about still following the guidelines, getting temperature checks every week, you know, um, uh, just doing all of the things that they want to do. Um, they've done it. And, and for kids to do that, I just think it's a huge testament to their character. And also at the same time, how important playing the game of football in our program is to them based on how they do things. So, um, you know, starting off, learning a little bit about each other, learning a little bit about how to play, learning we got a lot of new faces and, and different ages, and the kids embracing that as a challenge and being able to take this t- step each step each week was just a big part of the maturation process, and I couldn't be more proud of what they've done. Now I'm excited to see what they're going to do from here. And absolutely. Let's talk about from here. Um Obviously, you guys don't have a game this week. Um, you guys have earned the number one seed in Class 4, District 8. So, there's no game really to talk about. You guys have earned that number one seed on the field. And um, But the last thing that we're going to ask about here, at least this week, is um, talk about Class 4, District 8 as a whole. Just break down the district as a whole. Well, I think just the last few years, it's been considered one of the best districts in the state. Um, hands down, people have talked about that. I think that Platte County going up to class five, people probably say it's not as strong as it used to be. I would tend to tell you that being in the NEC in the past and knowing what Savannah and, and Lafayette and some of those teams can do, and especially the physicality by which they play, um, that I don't know if it's gotten easier. Um, I think what you found is it's a little more balanced. And so we've we've got to be ready for that. You know, we are a team that understands 100% that if we play well, I think we can compete with anybody on our schedule. If we play poorly, we can be beaten by anybody on our schedule. So knowing that going into it, uh, I think, helps us um, to at least know what our focus is going to be. At the same time, I'm looking at the district and knowing how talented Winnetonka is and also knowing how tough and, and, and athletically talented, how tough Savannah is and how athletically talented Lafayette is. And, you know, one of my good friends, Mark Favre, coach over at Excelsior, who's had a, a great job over there. And the way they run the football, they're in every game. Um, and so when you look at it from that standpoint, I, I think there's just a lot of balance and everybody better come 
uh, every week and be ready to play. Otherwise, you know what? It's going to end real quick. And absolutely. Uh, speaking of Mark Fabiano, we also have an interview with him on the Cliff Notes podcast. You will hear that here in just a little bit. Um, well, Coach Ambrosian, um, I want to thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I'm getting an opportunity really to talk to you and about your team and about your kids. And, um, you know, um, good luck to you and your team this week as you guys um, do preparation heading into the game next week. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. I appreciate you having me on. And I, I appreciate anything that uh, that is done in order to accentuate and promote, number one, the game of football, but number two, the kids in our programs. We have a lot of kids that have made a lot of sacrifices and families to do a lot of things this year to make sure they have the opportunity to play this game. And we are so blessed. I mean, we've, been, we've had the chance to play nine JV games, and our JV team ended undefeated. We've got one more game Thursday with our, our freshman team. And uh, they have a chance to finish at eight and one and then to play our varsity schedule. I'm happy we're playing football. I'm excited about continuing to play football and anything we can do to highlight the things that these kids have done um, and these schools have done to make this a reality this year. I just want to thank you for, and um, anything I can ever do, please call on me again. Thank you so much to coach Ambrosen from the Smithville Warriors for our conversation. Um, Next team that we're going to preview is the second seed, the Winnetonka Griffins. Um, they are head coached by Biddy Palmer. Um, Coach Palmer is the uh, former quarterback of the Cardi Bulldogs. He won a couple state titles for him, so nice to see him back in the area coaching. And um, his team was actually really off to a nice, fast start this year. They started 6-0 and on the season, then lost three straight. But it's really not three losses that you would really think. Um, when you lose the plaques, Platte County, Harrisonville, and Smithville, all three of those teams are really, really tough. Uh, really, really tough football teams. So there's no shame really in losing to those three teams. I believe they should make them really stronger heading into the postseason. Now, they have a first-round bye along with Smithville, so no game for them. We had an opportunity to talk to their head football coach, Benny Palmer, about their season and districts and everything and his story. And um, here's Coach Palmer right now. And we're here on the Cliff Notes podcast. We're continuing our previews of Class 4, District 8. We got Winnetonka head coach Benny Palmer with us. Coach, how you doing? Oh, doing good. Thanks for having me. Always a pleasure to have you, Coach. Um, first thing that we like to do, uh, first-time guests, is really get to know the coach a little bit, who Coach Palmer is. Um, give a little bit of your story, your coaching, and um, how you get to Winnetonka. Um, well, this is my uh, this is my third year here at Winnetonka. Uh, Got in. Um, I was at Raytown prior to that for one year with uh, one of my co- one of my college roommates, who's the head coach over there, Coach Menick, Logan Menick. Um, and then I spent uh, seven years at Odessa uh, with uh, with Mark Thomas for the last four, and the first three with Dan Joyner. Um, and then before then, I was at Raytown and I was at Cameron when I was still in college. Um, I was coaching up there, uh, actually the offensive coordinator for Dave Rash, um, way back when I wasn't I wasn't very good at all, but. He, he trusted me to call some plays for him a little while, um, but um, yeah, I ended up ended up now. I'm here at uh, here at Winnetonka. It's my first head coaching job. Um, started uh, started out one and nine. Um, took over a program with uh, you know we had we had some numbers issues that we need to get out, and we got some kids out and got some things rolling a little bit, and kids are learning. And last year we went five and five, um, and then we got off to a good start this year, six and zero, oh, and now we're six and three. Um, heading into uh, heading into district play, uh, you know I'm from the area. I've, I, I grew up in Kearney and then uh, went to William Jewell, so um, know the area pretty well and knew Winnetonka and knew these guys, um, this coaching staff and and some of these guys that were here. So I was excited to get over here and uh, get to work with them. Well, Coach, um, let's talk about some of your kids real quick. Obviously, you know uh, those who have followed Winnetonka football know there are some really really talented football players on this team. Um, for those who haven't got an opportunity to see you yet, there's a lot of fans in this district who haven't got an opportunity to see your team play yet. Who would be some of those kids they would hear about on Fridays? Um, well, uh, we have a we have a four year starter at quarterback. Um, I think he took over um, like week eight of his uh, freshman year, uh, Javon Satterwhite, um, and he's made huge huge leaps since then. Um, he's a he's the all time leading passer in school history, thrown for over five thousand yards. Um, this year he's sitting at right at 1,500, um, 20 touchdowns. Um, he's he 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 runs the show. We're a full RPO offense. Um, he makes all decisions out there. Uh, keeps us in keeps us in good run plays. Keeps us in good pass plays. Um, pitch and catch with some uh, some pretty talented kids. 
um, on the outside. Um, Javon is uh, J- Javon's a good one, and then uh, our running back is uh, Montre Moore. Uh, Montre is a three-year starter for us. Uh, he is the all-time leading rusher in school history. Um, he has uh, right now he's sitting at 1,400 yards rushing, um, and uh, he's 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 kind of a hammer. Um, he runs hard, real hard, real physical, um, great vision. Uh, does a lot of really good stuff with the football, um, and his yards after contact have to be ridiculously high. Um, really good football player for us. And if you you show up on Friday night, he's the first one that's going to jump off it um, with his play. Um, the eye test guy, we got we got Jason Essick, who's a, who's got four Division one offers. He's a, he's our number one receiver on the outside. He's six three one ninety eight. Um, he's uh, the all time leading receiver in school history. He's only a junior. Um, he should actually be a sophomore. He's uh, he's only sixteen years old. Just turned it. Um, he's uh, he's he's kind of a freak. Um, he he has seven hundred seven hundred thirty yards receiving right now, um, which is the most in school history through nine games or in a season. Um, and then um, he's got 12 touchdown catches right now. Um, real good football player. He's playing both ways right now. He plays corner as well. Um, and then um, we have uh, – and now on top of that, we have a tight end who's got three um, D2 offers, who is uh, uh, Joe Thomas. He's 6'5", 220, um, aggressive kid. He makes basically makes all of our line calls up front when it comes to run game, uh, makes all decisions, um, caves everything down. Um, good pass catcher this year. Um, caught a lot of balls for us. Um, that kind of that's kind of where our offense kind of revolves around. We got a bunch of first year starters on the offensive line who have played really well. Um, two sophomores are going to be real big um, by the time they're done. Uh, you know, uh, Jonathan Williams and and uh, Paul Young they're 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 massive. Once you know, Paul's six five three thirty and and Jay Will is uh, you know six two two ninety uh, or two two eighty right now. Um, big guys. Um, they kind of lead the front with a couple seniors on the other side. Corey Goodlow. First year starter doing doing awesome with Quentin Cook, um, but our offense kind of flows up with uh, flows through our run game to our pass, um, and and that's kind of how we like to do it. Um, and then the defense, you know, we got we got a bunch of we we actually got a bunch of first year starters over there too, um, highlighted by our inside backers. Montre Moore plays inside with Hunter Martin, um, Hunter Martin's leading tackler on the team, really good, um, fast, physical, gets to the ball. Um, aggressive kid, and then uh, there's a there's there's a few kids in that secondary that are that are sneaking up some radars on some D2 schools because of the way that they they cover space and and they're smart and they they can play man coverage and Jade Berry and uh, Julian Rogers real tough real physical athletic kids back there um, with the Eskis boys as well. Coach, let's talk about your uh, guys' schedule. You just alluded to it earlier. You guys were up six and zero. Start off really really hot. Um, Obviously, you know, if you're just looking at wins and losses, obviously, you know, some people may have three-game losing streak may not look very good. But I'll tell you what, though, you have to play some really, really tough competition the last three weeks. So I think that definitely has to account for something. So just um, quickly walk us through your guys' regular season. Yeah, so we got off to a hot start. Um, you know, we played two Class 5 schools at the beginning. William Christman and Truman um, got wins there. Had a really good game against Truman and come from behind win. Um, we were down, I think, twenty to nothing or seventeen nothing, and came back and won that game. Um, real tough, real, real, real tough early season uh, win there. Um, and then we 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 won three straight in our conference with Grandview, Ray South, and Ruskin. Um, and then we got to see Carney, and we were down seventeen nothing to Carney um, at Carney. And our kids kind of woke up in the second half, and in the fourth quarter, we scored uh, twenty one unanswered um, and, and took the win. Um, and so we, so that was the first of our really, really tough games in a row. Um, so we saw the Carney team, and then we got to see Platt County, Class 5, ranked team. Um, played well, just had, had had some turnovers we didn't need and couldn't score in the red zone like we needed, uh, and we couldn't get them off the field. Lunky's a really good player, and they did a good job running the football against us, which isn't what we expected them to do. Um, but they got a great game plan up there, and they always do. Um, but they were able to they were able to win that one, and then we, we, had, a, we had an off week because Capital City was out. So um, on Monday afternoon, we were like, hey, let's go play Harrisonville. So – um, we scheduled that, went up there, and and holy cow, Jason Reynolds didn't go crazy. Um, ran out of nonstop and 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 put up some crazy numbers. Um, we executed well on offense. We played well. We put up 41 points on O. But defensively, we just we just had some holes. And and what that game did is kind of just refocused us on what we were what we need to do on, on defense a little bit. Um, we we were going to make some personnel changes, but um, we had three kids go down in the game, which is what not what you wanted to have happen when you have um, when you could have had a bye bye week. But we had three starters go down, so so against Smithville we were kind of uh, hobbled. But Smithville 
lined up and just and, and just took it to us a little bit. Uh, not really uh, on the. Not, I wouldn't even say that on the on the defensive side, even though they put up they had they had good points um, on their side. They their their third down conversion rate was just ridiculous. They were seven to ten on third downs, which is which is incredible. And they just executed well, and and we didn't. You know, they was there was twenty seven nothing, and we only had two series because they recru- recovered a kickoff and and did some different stuff to us um, time possession wise. So. Um, you know, we struggled last week, but but luckily with this bye week, you know, we've been able to get back to being healthy, um, refocus our kids a little bit. Um, you know, our, our, our core nucleus is, is excited about the playoffs and excited about the run that we're about to go on. Um, and hopefully it'll start next week with a, with whichever opponent it is, and we can come out and play really well. well. I think, Coach, right there, you just covered my last question, but this is actually going to be my last question. Since you guys don't have a game this week, I'm – I just want to get your overall thoughts, first of all, on Class 4 District 8 as a whole. There's a lot of tough teams in this district. So just your thoughts on the district. Uh, yeah, it, and it's always been that way. Um, you know, it's not it's not what it was. Well, shoot, last year I think everybody was 8-1. I mean, it was real tough last year. Um, you know, you're sitting there, or it might have been two years ago. One of the two, everybody was 8-1, and, and we're all sitting there like this is – like we're, we're going to be the last seed in this thing, and we're 5-5. Five and five. Um, But – we, um, you know, it's it's a tough one, and and with with Carney and Smithville sitting there, and then you got Excelsior Springs, who, um, and 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 that's the other thing. A lot of those teams will miss a lot of games, um, with with quarantine stuff. So so some of those schools, you, you don't have much film on them, you don't know much of them. They might be still hitting their stride, you know, coming in their own. So um, there's there's some there's some schools in there that have a very good tradition of winning. Um, and that's what that's what you're going up against in District Eight. I mean, it is a it is a who's who in the in Class Four. The Smithville's, the Carneys, even Lafayette has made runs, and Savannah has made runs, and Excelsior has made runs. And you know, we're just we're sitting here like the the newbies in this thing. Like we're gonna, we're gonna we're gonna see if we can get something going for us. So it's a it's a tough one. And then you know, once you're you're done with that, you're looking at District Seven, and you see who's there, and then you see who's over at four and five. And it's a tough road. Um, and and what's what's nice about it is our kids have been tested now for four straight weeks, and they they know what to expect here in the playoff run. And and with beginning healthy with a bye week, and and heading into this thing, um, I I'm very pleased with where our team's at mentally and physically right now. Well, Coach um, Benny Palmer of Winnetonka, I want to thank you so much for uh, coming on the podcast. Up uh, talking class four district game, talking about your kids and talking about your football team and. Uh, Good luck to you and your boys this week as you um, continue to stay healthy and um, head towards um, next week when you guys actually have a game. Absolutely. we got a huge dodgeball game tomorrow. It's going to be a big one. Big, big dodgeball game. Oh, very, very nice. <laughs> that's, how nice. that's how we're spending on Friday. <laughs> that's awesome. Dodgeball is awesome. So thank you so much again, Coach. And a huge thank you to Coach Palmer and what a talk for talk with us. We got another first-time coach here coming up as the three seed, the Cardi Bulldogs. Traditionally, they are a Class 4 power, but really, you know, the last couple of years, you know, they've been a little down the last couple of years, but I'll tell you what, I got a feeling they might be surging up in the right direction. Tell you what, Josh Gray, he's doing a great job there um, in Bulldog country. We had an opportunity to talk with him about his football team heading into district play, and... Um, Here's his interview here right now. And we're continuing our previous through Class 4, District 8. We got Carney Bulldog head coach Josh Gray with us. Coach, how you doing? I'm doing well. Doing well. Thank you. Absolutely. Coach, um, first thing that we'd like to do for our new guests here on the podcast, just to get to know the coach a little bit, who Coach Gray is, um, a little bit of your story, your stops, and um, how you got to Carney. Yeah, you know, uh, I graduated from Northwest Missouri State. And uh, in education, coaching, and then moved back home and did some subbing around uh, my hometown area. And then finally got my first teaching and coaching job uh, in Iowa for two years in 1996. And I uh, was over in Maquoketa, Iowa, which is kind of over on the eastern side of Iowa between Davenport and Dubuque. Um, spent some time there for two years and then um, had some ties down to the Kansas City area and moved down here uh, and got a job at North Kansas City High School. Um, was Coach Derek Howard uh, hired me, and I taught at Northtown and was there for five years and uh, was under with, with Coach Howard and then Coach Valdez, who was there for many years, and then um, went with uh, Coach Jones 
uh, Greg Jones over to Odessa and was with, over there with him um, for two years as defensive coordinator at Odessa and then there for two and then we moved up here to Kearney uh, in 2006 and was been here as a defensive coordinator uh, with Coach Jones and then when he left in 2017 I took over as the as the head football coach and, and here we are so that's kind of a, a quick snippet anyways of of where I've been and I've uh, been pretty fortunate to be uh, uh, in some great places. Absolutely. That's a great story, Coach. Uh, let's talk about um, some of your kids. Um, obviously, you know, there's going to be some new eyes on your football team here when you got districts here. You got some teams from Northwest Missouri. You got some of the usual suspects around the Kansas City area in the district. Um, talk about, you know, some of the players that they might see or hear about if they were to listen or watch a Cardi football game. Yeah, you know, uh, up front where we kind of, you know, try to, uh, you know, all the guys that don't get a lot of glory is is our O line and you know, offensively speaking, and uh, we got some good O linemen and and seniors, Kate Dunlap and Josh Meacham and Colby Malika, um, and some and some younger guys, some junior uh, guys that have really done a good job, and Lucas Starr, Briggs Torliger, and Keenan McNally and. Uh, um, you know, continuity up front there is, is always a big piece. So watching them is, is in my eyes anyways, always always fun to do and um, kind of in the in the thick of it with those guys. And um, they're kind of protected and blocking for some 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 pretty good athletes that, that we've got. And Ian, Ian Acosta um, is a quarterback for us and, and plays uh, some wide receiver, some slot receiver. Um, we've got two quarterbacks, actually, and the other one's – Dawson Miner and um, Dawson's a senior and has done a had a pretty dang good season so far and um, those two kind of the dueling quarterbacks if you will that we that we we utilize and um, they're kind of handing the ball off to to Caden Borchard and um, he's a senior running back for us and, and um, he played last year as a linebacker and and moved him to the offensive side this year and has done done a really good job between him and and KJ Smith, uh, another kid that that is just a, a very talented athlete as well at the at offensively and defensively. And um, you know you got to send the ball into the air uh, a time or two. And Carson Frakes is kind of that guy for us. Him and Luke Nolan, uh, they both do a good job. Carson is a senior, uh, returning starter, and um, you know has really kind of been that go-to guy for us. Uh, uh, making big plays and, and making some pretty crucial catches for us. Um, so offensively, you know, those guys have, have done done really well. And uh, we've got a tight end that, that we really, really like in a, in a sophomore uh, standout for us. And um, Zach Grace, he's uh, really come on and, and done, you know, kind of a, an O-lineman and, and receiver all mixed in one. And he does a, does a good job at that. So, um, you know, I think – think those guys uh, really offensively for us, um, you know, you, you get to see some big plays and some, some good pounding run game as well. So you kind of get the best of both worlds with, with all of that. So that's offensively speaking, you know, we, we, we uh, uh, obviously we, we like to run the ball and um, use that play action and, and, and get the ball out to those skilled athletes out in space as well. So um, defensively we've got, um, you know we're pretty pretty young in our back half. We've got a we do have a senior anchor, uh, Mike linebacker, in Trenton Vaughn, who has uh, really done done a great job this year for us inside. A, a returning kid that um, you know just kind of when you when you think of a linebacker is is really kind of fits that mold. Um, we have a, a senior safety returning for us this year in uh, Tucker Studi. He's a he's a returning starter and and plays one of our safeties and and does a heck of a job back there and we kind of round that out with you know uh, kind of surrounding those guys we have a uh, uh, Luke Nolan like I, I said before offensively he also plays defense for us and and at one of our safety spots and we got a, a corner and Joe Marshall who's uh, you know these guys have really these younger guys that that I'm kind of mentioning really. Um, done a great job of learning what we do and, and finding themselves on the field. So, um, you know, uh, John Timchek is, is one of our other corners who 
um, really is, is technique-wise one of one of the best ones that we've seen. And he's he's really done a great job in, in stepping in and, and, and filling those spots kind of in that back half. Um, up front, uh, Kyle Midkiff, uh, our big nose guard, who's, who's really uh, kind of played some offense last year and then this year has kind of moved to the defensive side and really – took over that nose position and does a does a, a good job kind of anchoring that 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 front front together there um along with Kale Conway another sophomore um who's really stepped up and 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 earned a earned a spot for us and uh has really been playing pretty well flying around to the ball and and uh wreaking some havoc in there for us so um you know defensively you know we're kind of young, but but we feel pretty good about where we're at and these guys of of what they've learned thus far this season. Well, coach, um, let's let's talk about the district now. Um, um, for uh, I want your overall thoughts on Class Four District Eight, but um, I also want you to break down your matchup with Excelsior Springs as far as the scouting report and what can we expect from the your guys' game on Friday. Yeah, uh, District Eight's kind of a grinder, um, man. They. Uh, you know, with with Smithville and and Winnetonka and Savannah and Saint Joe Lafayette and and us and Excelsior playing really well. I mean, it's 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 really a a district that that I feel is is you know kind of kind of up in the air. I mean, a lot of great teams uh, in our district, and you know, uh, obviously, especially this week, you know, for us, it's it's taking one at a time and and not not trying to to look look ahead of of before you uh play the game and you know we got a tough one this Friday against Excelsior Springs who um you know they run the option so defensively um you know that's an assignment football that's physical football and and we've got to be on point and making sure that that everybody's you know obviously doing their job and and making sure they're you know being disciplined and doing that because you know, one one little mishap in the option, and 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 they're gone. And um, so it's it's disciplined football this week for us um, on the on the defensive side, and, and making sure that we're you know uh, working to effectively stop that option, and that they that they run very well. They've got um, they've got a lot of skilled athletes. They got some linemen, obviously that um, that are big, and 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 you know when you're you're facing a team like that, that's that's a, a, a triple threat and, um, you know, you, you gotta be on point and, um, you know, their running back does a, does a great job and their, their, their wing backs and their, their other, uh, skill players around them, you know, they really mesh well together as, as far as, is is knowing what they're doing and running it. So we've got to be on point and obviously the secondary can't fall asleep because, uh, you know, that's when you get that option pass and you get that, that passing game. So you can't, can't fall asleep in the back half. So, uh, defensively, we've got got our hands full this week. So, um, offensively, uh, you know, for us, defensively, they they run a, a three man front, and you know they're a physical team, and and they get off the ball well, and they tackle well, and um, you know, for us, it's about making sure we're establishing the running game, and 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 you know, throwing the ball effectively when it's time to, because um, you know we the protection piece on that is is such a key key factor and you know i think with us offensively uh working to run the ball you know for us to establish the run is, is going to be key against a, a pretty stout defense um you know and special teams wise you know those are always the those special teams plays are always the ones that uh, uh that make it make a difference in the football game and you know uh we, we take a lot of pride in, in the special teams and you know obviously we want to want to win that that facet of the game and, and make sure we're uh taking care of the ball and and uh running down and making sure we're in our lanes on the kickoff and, and doing all the things that we need to do on special teams so you know it's going to be a really good game and and you know our guys are are excited to get back on the field and uh and and get going in our district play absolutely i'm coach gray i want to thank you so much for coming on the podcast and um Thank you so much for giving me a few minutes of your time, and uh, good luck to you and your boys on Friday. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you so much, Coach Josh Gray, the Cardi Bulldogs, for our conversation. Um, another first-time interview there, and um, 
We're actually going to be moving on to a couple of our frequent interviews, starting with the four seed, the Savannah Savages. Of course, you know Kevin Kopecki is their head coach. Um, They had a rough couple games there with Maryville and St. Pius, so they're going to be looking to get back on the right track against Lafayette, who um, they played a tough football game with in week four. That was their first week coming back from quarantine for the Savages there. So um, that was a 22-20 ball game there. And the Black Hole, Lance Snow used to always call Savannah City of the Black Hole, so shout out to Lance Snow there. So um, had an opportunity to have our weekly conversation with Coach Kopecki about Lafayette and um, district play, and here it is right now. And we're here on the Cliff Notes podcast. We're talking with Savannah head coach Kevin Kopecki, who's a Class 4 District 8. Coach, how you doing? I'm doing well, Clifton. How are you? I'm doing great. Um, my favorite time of year, district play, my friend. So um, try to get ready for um, several weeks of great football heading our way. I agree. Boy, it's uh, it's crunch time, you know, when you're playing a video game or doing anything, kids are doing stuff. It's always, you know, it's uh, winner goes on and loser goes home. So we're that time of year now. Oh, absolutely. Coach, um, not a good ending. So probably not the regular season ending you were hoping for. Um, a 41-6 loss to um, St. Pius. Just, um, just walk us through that game. Yeah, there's not much to walk through. I mean, they came out and played really hard. Um, this is two weeks in a row, Maryville and Pius. We got behind early and just kind of really wasn't uh, that pleased with how our kids responded and we were behind. Uh, uh, we've got to play a lot better this week to beat Lafayette for the second time. It's going to be tough. You know, they've got a lot of motivation since we beat them once by two points. They are a very talented team. Uh, we're glad to be playing at home again and uh, do want to get out that uh, – there are no restrictions to this game, so we are going to have fans for the first time this year, so that's going to be a good time. Absolutely. Definitely. Uh, Lafayette fans, Savannah fans, there you go. So, want to attend the ball game? There you go. It's Savannah High School on Friday night. Um, Coach Kopecki, um, let's talk about Class 4 District 8 as a whole real quick before we get matchup specific. Obviously, you guys are the fourth seed of the district with you guys playing Lafayette. Um, Carney's in there. Um, Smithville, Wittetonka's in there. There's some good teams in this district. Just a um, Break down this district as a whole. Oh, as a whole, I think, you know, when it came out, it was just a really great grouping of teams. You know, uh, Winnetonka had a really great season, got off to a really good start. Um, Smithville is probably the cream of the crop right now. Kearney has great tradition. You can just go on down the line. Um, all the teams in our district, top to bottom, are. And, you know, the bottom seed, Excelsior beat us in the season opener. So it, it's going to be a, a real dogfight to see who comes out of this district. And whoever does is going to be one of the better teams in the whole state in Class 4, that's for sure. Oh, absolutely. There's some great there's some great teams in the stray, I, I in this uh, district. I feel like there's about two or three teams that can go all the way here, maybe even four, you know, when you're talking about it. But um, let's get matchup specific now. Um, you guys have a rematch with Lafayette. You guys played them in Week 2. You mentioned it was a two-point victory. I believe it was 22 to 20 was the final score there. And um, talk about um, the Irish as far as the scouting report, um, keys keys to the game, and um, what can we expect on Friday? You know, that everybody going into that first game, you know, mentioned how athletic uh, Lafayette is, and everybody knows that, that from this area, they're a very athletic team. Uh, in football and basketball, everything that they do. Um, but I was very impressed with their line play. Their offensive and defensive lines uh, really have done a good job. Uh, they were, uh, I think, a much improved team even from last year from what people said. They're, they're a really formidable opponent. They're one of the better teams that we played all uh, in the regular season by far. And like I said, we were fortunate to come out with a close win. And uh, yeah, we're, we're both fighting for our football lives, so to speak, on Friday. So it should be a heck of a matchup. Oh, absolutely. Definitely. Um, definitely. Lafayette has definitely played their last several opponents really, really close. So they're definitely going to be a very, very dangerous matchup. So yeah, they really should, are. They're a good team. Yeah. This should be a really, really fun game. Um, Coach Kevin Kopecki, I want to thank you so much all year long for coming on the podcast, giving me a few minutes of your time every single week, talking about your kids, talking about your team. And um, good luck to you guys against Lafayette and district play. Hey, I really appreciate it. You know, anytime I can get on and talk about our kids at Savannah High School and anybody in our in the MEC or the area, I really appreciate the chance. And uh, you do a really good job with your podcast, Cliff. So thanks uh, for doing that and keep this going. Thank you so much, Kevin Kopecki of the Savannah Savages for coming on the show every single week. Now we got another mainstay here on the Cliff Notes podcast coming up, and that's the fifth-seeded Lafayette Fighting Irish. And, of course, you know they're led by head coach Eric McDowell. Really the story of their season really – um. Dave, um, the last three weeks, they have had some really, really close games. 
despite being on the short end of the win-loss column, though, they played some really, really good teams tough. When you're talking Maryville, you're talking St. Pius, they played them tough. They played Cameron tough. They even played Savannah tough. So Lafayette, this is a football team that really, they don't get blown out by people. You really don't beat them by very many scores. So, you know, they got some good wins on the scoreboard. You know, they beat Atchison. They beat Benton. They beat Chillicothe. So they've got some wins on the board. I think they're going to be a big threat here in this district. This is going to be a real interesting matchup with Savannah. So um, we had an opportunity to talk to Coach McDowell this week about the rematch against Savannah and um, really all the close games that they've had this season and a look back at last week's game against Maryville. Here's our conversation with Eric McDowell right now. And we're here on the Cliff Notes podcast talking Class 4, District 8. We make our trip to the north side of St. Joseph, and that's where we're talking with Lafayette head coach Eric McDowell. Coach, how you doing? I'm good. Thanks for having us again this week. Always a pleasure to have you on. Always a pleasure to have you on every single week. Um, coach McDowell, um, didn't really end the regular season as uh, hopeful as you would like. Um, Another close game, though, but coming up short on the scoreboard, you know, um, against Maryville. Um, just walk us through that ball game. Well, uh, you know, very proud of the boys. They they took a very good team down to the wire, and we had our we had a couple opportunities to take a. You know, we were tied fourteen fourteen at halftime. We had a couple opportunities in the red zone in the first half where we ended up turning the ball over both times, and uh, that really. That doesn't bode well for you. And then the second half, it was more of the turnover game. We had five turnovers on the night, almost six or seven. <laughs> um, it's not not good for the odds um, when you're you know playing a very good team for sure. Uh, but not to take away from Maryville, uh, Coach Webb. You know it's not what Maryville's used to having uh, with uh, under him, a six and three record. But he hasn't lost to a team that has a loss on their record. So. Uh, you know, we knew they were a very good football team coming in. So that being said, very proud of the boys. If we cut down on mistakes, you know, kind of feel like a broken record. But this week, the mistakes were turnovers. Uh, we And uh, if we could have cut down on those, maybe we would have had a shot at the end of the game to uh, win it. Well, Coach, I want to talk about the past couple games here real quick. Um, you, you guys have been really, really close, really hanging in there the past several games. With some of the top teams in the conference, is there anything with that that you could use as confidence heading into district play? Yes, absolutely. You know, uh, you know, we we like to keep a lot of things in house, but you know, we're uh, we've had to deal with our fair share of um, injuries and and quarantine issues as well. But we're not going to blame anything on that. But knowing that we haven't played technically our best football yet, and we feel like I mean, hopefully we're peaking at the right time, and that we're getting guys healthier and back in into practices and into games, hopefully, that we can put together a, a, a continuous lineup, I guess you would say. I It's been really great, you know, knowing those factors. Our boys really, they're excited to see what we can actually do when we're full strength. And hopefully we get to do that this week for the most part. And, um, you know, we get to – we have – they have plenty of motivation as well. We're getting to play Savannah, which we played earlier in the year, played them pretty well, and uh, – Hopefully we get to, uh, you know, uh, play a full-strength game against them this time around and see how the chips fall. So it really hasn't been hard to motivate the boys this week, for sure. Um, they're looking forward to playing a, a game that uh, they uh, really, really felt like they could have done a lot, uh, played a lot better. And so uh, it's actually been a pretty easy week of football for as far as coaching goes this week. Coach, let's talk about Class 4 District 8 as a whole. Um, we got um, Smithville, what a talk of you guys, Cardi, Savannah. Excelsior Springs, this is a pretty good district when you look at it. I think it's one of the most challenging districts in the area. Just your overall thoughts. Well, you know, we we have a pretty good mix of a couple of good conferences, the Suburban and uh, the MEC and even MRVC. So there is definitely a lot of talented teams. Records, uh, you know, don't necessarily, uh, this year of all years, do not mean as much as they usually do. Um, with all the quarantine issues that all teams have dealt with uh, this year. So, you know, obviously there are some favorites. You know, Smithville obviously is going to be, uh, you know, probably a pretty darn good football team. Um, and, you know, Winnetonka's had an exceptional record this year. And But honestly, you know, Excelsior Springs, first game of the season, 
they put it to Savannah pretty good. So, and they're the last seed in the district. So it, it really is wide open as any district probably in the state of Missouri, but in a good way that there are some good football teams in this 16 district. And um, it could, it, you know, I don't think anybody could make a safe bet and uh, be confident in it at this point, um, unless they're just biased uh, of who's going to win this district. So it does make it fun. I'm sure as a spectator, especially, um, but you know, I, I like it as a coach because you want to, you know, you want to play good competition and challenge yourself and, uh, and, uh, and hopefully your players come out and, and do their best and push themselves farther than they, they uh, thought they even could and, and uh, rise to the challenge. Well, coach, let's go. Let's go ahead. Let's get matchup specific. Now uh, you talked about it earlier in the um, interview talking about this rematch against Savannah and you talked about, how well you guys played them at the end there um, in week four. Um, talk about the scouting report with them, and um, what can we expect from this ball game on Friday? You know, Savannah's well-coached, and they have tough players that are going to come out, and uh, they're not going to uh, – they're not going to give uh, – you know, they're not going to want to give an inch, just like uh, past Savannah teams have done. Um, you know, we just have to come out and, you know – uh, just just play our game, try to limit our mistakes and weather the storm. They're going to come out and they're going to play very fired up football and very aggressive and very disciplined. And I think just like earlier in the season, if we can weather that storm and uh, eliminate mistakes more this time around, you know, things go differently for us, but it's going to be a dog fight. They're a very good football team. Uh, and, uh, you know, we expect it to be um, two good teams going out on Friday night and whoever wins gets to move on and uh, and um, play for maybe a district championship in a couple of weeks. All righty. Um, Lafayette head coach Eric McDowell with us, coach. Um, I want to thank you so much for coming on again um, on the podcast every single week, taking time to uh, talk about your team, talk about your players, and um, good luck to you and your boys this week at Savannah. All right, thank you very much for having us as always. And a huge thank you to Lafayette Fighting Irish head coach Eric McDowell for coming on the show every single week. Definitely fun to have a conversation with him. Now, our final interview that we're going to get to is our sixth seed in the district, and that is Excelsior Springs, the Tigers. And they are led by their head coach, Mark Fabian. Um, they're three and four on the season. Um, they actually won a game at the beginning of the season in week one against Savannah. 33 to 21 was the final there. But they actually went on a little bit of a skid in the middle of the season. They've had a few quarantine issues. And um, really, they've bounced back. They've won two out of their last three ball games, And um, they're going to be heading into a showdown at Kearney this Friday night. So um, we had an opportunity also to talk to Coach Mark Fabian this week. And um, here's our interview with him right now. And we're here on the Cliff Ghost Podcast. We're previewing Class 4, District 8. We actually have one of our non-area coaches with us. we got Excelsior Springs coach Mark Fabian with us. How you doing, coach? Very good. Very good. Thank you. Uh, absolutely. It's a pleasure to have you on. Uh, it's a great district, Class 4, District 8. We'll get into that here in just a little bit. But, um, coach, uh, one thing that we like to do for our first-time guests is really get to know the coach, who Coach Fabian is. Um, where some of your stops have been and how you got to Excelsior Springs? Okay. I originated at uh, William Jewell College. I started coaching there right as soon as I got through playing and uh, coached there with Dave Besore uh, for for six years. I was a defensive coach there. I just kind of worked my way up to the defensive coordinator there at the, at the college, and then I moved from there to Oak Park High School, and I was a defensive coordinator there for 12 years when we were a Class 6 school before Stanley High School was open. So uh, Class 6 D.C. for – uh, for quite a while, and then I went to Liberty High School, and uh, then, I, then I took over the head coaching job at uh, at Kansas City Central, and then came to Excelsior from there. Uh, that seems like that seems like quite a journey, there, Coach. Um, I've been around talk- a while. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, let's talk about some of your kids real quick for uh, those who haven't got a chance to see you yet. Um, if they were to go to an Excelsior Springs football game, who would be some of the kids that they would hear about on Friday? Well, we're a triple option team, so the guys you're going to hear about a lot are as our quarterback and and our our fullback, our B back, or guy we hand the ball off to. They are, you know, they're the two workhorses of our team. Um, if anybody's watched an Army or Navy game or, or a service team, uh, we're, we're very similar. Um, you know, we, we run a lot of veer game. 
and those guys get those guys take the majority of the of the plays. Uh, we have a, a couple talented wide receivers, uh, but but they're you know they're more like tight endish. You know they they really block well, and that's what we use them to do. So we've been we've been pretty successful throwing the ball whenever we whenever we do do it. But I mean we're we're about ninety percent run. Um, but we we tend to throw for for some touchdowns, so they leave people wide open. They just kind of get lulled to sleep. So, you know, you're going to watch. Your, you're going to see our quarterback chance uh, chance Borland. He's a sophomore. Um, he's a big old kid. Uh, he's he's going to be pretty darn good. We, he's our he's been our backup this year, um, but uh, our 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 starting quarterback has had a little concussion protocol for now four weeks. So. Um, you know he's been he's been doing a great job for us. And our B back uh, is Amani Robinson, and he has carried the load for us. He's he's probably taken about sixty percent of all the carries on our team. So he's he is a he is a he's a nice thick kid that's a workhorse for us. Well, coach, let's get into let's get into your guys' schedule real quick. Um, really, the only area team you guys have played with at Savannah, and that was at the beginning of the year. Um, that game, I actually uh, listened to that game. That was on 100.1 uh, Regional Radio Quick. Um, shout out to Chris Ward there for uh, calling that game. Um, so I actually got to hear that game, but really I haven't really got a chance to keep up with you guys other than that. Um, just give a quick run-through of your guys' regular season. Okay, yep, started up at Savannah, got off with, a, with what I felt like was a great win. Savannah's good. They're real talented. They're gigantic. they got a running back who's an absolute stud. Uh, we were able to get them. How unfortunately, uh, one of their kids did have uh, COVID, which, not, which knocked us out the following weeks. Um, we ended up playing our third game, um, but we hadn't practiced for two weeks. We came in, we played a very, very good mobility team, who I think only has one loss to Battle High School by a point. Um, so you know, they, those guys are real good. You know, playing them after two weeks of not practicing was tough duty for our guys, but. Um, you know, and then we just we we carried on through. We played Kansas City Center, we, our conference MRVC West. It's 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 there's a bunch of studs in this team in this conference. Um, Kansas City Center, we played them to uh, to a last play of the game play, uh, probably the most successful we've been offensively the entire year. And we did some things I've really never seen an offensive do before, but. Uh, came up short. They made some big plays and, and, and scored some big touchdowns. So, um, you know, then we, we ran into some tough ones. We had Harrisonville who's been able to, to really run the ball and do well than everybody, and we backed that up with um, another COVID game, Oak Grove. Um, they you know, they had it. We tried to find a game, but it was on Thursday. Um, and then we, we ran into the, the buzzsaw of Odessa. So uh, those guys are spectacular. Uh, seeing some, I, I don't know. I don't know who can beat them in class three. I, I'm, that's a prediction, I guess. But gosh dang, they're good. Um, then we came the next game with, with Pleasant Hill. We played them last week and uh, put together a pretty nice game. So looking to looking forward to playing Carney this week. Absolutely. Let's talk about class four district eight as a whole. And um, obviously, there's a there's only six teams in this district. There's some good teams in this district. Obvious in this district. Obviously, you know, you talked about Savannah earlier. I mean, you got Smithville, you got um, you got Winnetonka's in there, Lafayette. Lafayette's played some teams close. Um, talk about Class 4 District 8 as a whole. You know, over the over time, it's, in my opinion, has, has been probably the most competitive district um, around. Why I say that is, you know, for the last several years, we've had Platte County in there, too. Um, so there's been two scenarios in the last, well, three scenarios that we've had, we were seven and two and we're the sixth seed, uh, which is, I don't even know how that's possible. Uh, we've, we, we've been the fifth seed and the sixth seed at seven and two, uh, just due to all the wins and all the bonus points of that our, that our district has gets by playing up, uh, again with, with Platte County, who's gone now, you know, they're class five, but. With 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 those guys in Smithville and Kearney and Lafayette as good as they've been, uh, Tonka, it's 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 a it's a tough place to, it's a tough tough district to get out of. Absolutely. Now let's get game specific here. You talked about how you guys are playing Kearney this week. 
I really felt like, you know, I paid attention to high school football probably since 2002, 2003. Cardi and Excelsior Springs used to be a big football game, especially like back in the day like that. Um, can you talk about the 2020 version of the Cardi Bulldogs and the scouting report and um, what can we expect on Friday? Uh, you know, absolutely. It, it, you know, we, we'd like to call it a rivalry. We got to win some more games for, for them to call it a rivalry. I think, um, they, they are, you know, they're a good solid team. They're, they're always going to be well coached. Coach Gray does a good job over there. They're always going to be hard nosed. They're always going to believe that they can win. And that that's due to the, the history they have there at their school. And that's, that's, that's great to have. Um, they are, uh, they are, downhill run team uh this year they've been kind of 50 50 over the last several years uh but but this year they've really turned into a uh an eye power team uh, running iso and power and and uh some play action off of that and i think that suits their kids pretty well and and they're pretty good size up front they play solid defense uh they're a three three stack team and and uh they play good D. They're very disciplined, and, and they, you know, they they stay solid in what they do. So, um, you know, ball ball control offense, playing good defense is is kind of their their thing. I think it's going to be a really fun district. This this district, top top to bottom as a whole, is going to be fun. So, um, Coach Mark Fabian, I want to thank you so much for um, reaching back out to me. Um, definitely coming on this podcast. I know we really don't get the opportunity here to cover the Kansas City area schools, but since you were in the district with some of our area schools, I figure I'd get a hold of you. We can get you on and um, talk about your program. Great. Thank you very much. We appreciate the coverage. Huge thank you to head coach Mark Fabian of the Excelsior Springs Tigers for joining the um, podcast here. Um, let's run down the matchups really quickly in Class 4 District 8 before we wrap up. Of course, Smithville is the 1C. Winnetonka is the 2. They are actually on a bye this week until next Friday. So, Smithville, they will take on the winner of the 4-5 game. That is um, 4C Savannah, 5C Lafayette, and then Winnetonka is the 2 seed. They're going to be taking on the winner of the 3-6 game, which is Kearney and Excelsior Springs. So, um, there's the Class 4 District 8 matchups there. Uh, I want to thank you to Coach um, Ambrosen, Palmer, Gray, and Fabian for um, joining the podcast for the very first time and helping me preview your guys' ball clubs. It is definitely very much appreciated. And then Coach Kopecki and Coach McDowell every single week come on. So um, next district we're going to head to is up Class 3 District 8. That should be up here real soon. Until then, take care, everybody.